there will always be need. A need more vast than we can fix entirely in a lifetime. It doesn't mean that we can't have a significant impact, though. And if we want to help and meet as much need as we possibly can, we must include your needs on the list of needs being met. Welcome to Messy and Magnificent, the place driven women come to elevate their career, health, and relationships. In here, we increase your productivity by replacing always being busy with the space to breathe. Hear your own wisdom and be part of a sisterhood that has your back. My name is Carly Bain, and together we're going to make sure that you have a doable plan and the roots to rise. Why, hello there, and welcome back to another episode of Messy and Magnificent. It is your gal, Carly. How's it going? (laughs) What you doing over there? I want to hear how you are. And if you've been tuning into the show for a while, then you might have noticed I'm generally pretty centered, pretty calm, pretty level-headed, because I work at it. That's something I have to consciously cultivate But if you ever thought that I'm always that way, well, let me just dispense us of that myth right now, because I certainly feel every emotion and ooh, was my blood boiling the other day. And while anger is not my go-to emotion, I was tempted not to share this with you, but all of our emotions are so important because they often tell us things. And our job isn't really to manage our emotions. Our job is to notice them, right? And then perhaps manage or be thoughtful with the way we respond to our emotions, right? To be able to hear them, acknowledge them, and then use them or engage with them in really good ways. And anger is often a clarifying emotion. It helps us discern what is and isn't okay with us. That's a big part of the reason it shows up. And I saw something that was really not okay with me. So have you seen the new season of Queer Eye out on Netflix right now? I am not affiliated with it at all. I just happen to love Queer Eye. I loved it back in the 90s. I love that it's back now. And they did an episode recently in the latest season with this wonderful woman who is a completely overworked medical trainer. She has set up a facility a school actually that trains medical students. And then also during COVID, a testing and COVID response center, which of course is so necessary and needed right now. And she has worked herself down to the bone because there's such a need for this kind of work. And out of the goodness of her heart, she has really let her own well-being kind of fall to the wayside. And there's nothing unusual about that story, right? Unfortunately, This is something culturally that we see happen all the time. But I'm going to be really candid. What I'm about to say, I say without any kind of judgment, because what we are witnessing in this example from this episode, or within ourselves when we do more than is reasonable for ourselves, or in anyone else who's overworking because they think that's required for their dream to happen, I just want to also put out there that I no longer believe people who say they really believe in their cause, but they don't care for themselves on a regular basis. Because despite all of their good intentions, the truth is that they aren't willing to do what it takes to see their vision happening. They're willing to do plenty of work, right? Put in lots of hard hours, do lots of sacrifice, 
but to not do the essential work that ensures their cause is well tended to. And that is taking care of ourselves. There is no business without our body, Kate Northrup says. And there is no relationship without our mental health, right? And there is no health without our willingness to handle the grief or discomfort that comes for a lot of high achievers when we acknowledge that we can't be everything to everyone all the time. You know, the most selfish thing I see good-hearted leaders do is exhaust themselves. If you're listening right now, I just want to reinforce what you probably already know is true, which is that you are not a business in personal liquidation, meaning you must tend to your own internal stock if you want to see your business or your career or your relationships do well. And whether we're talking about businesses or goals or any kind of plans you've got, they require our discernment. They require us to figure out the difference between enough work and overworking. And isn't that just the crux of the issue? Isn't that the thing we've never been taught before? How do we know the difference, right? How do we know when it's time to push ourselves a little harder and root a little deeper and when it's time for us to lean back because we've done the most we can do without causing harm to ourselves? Well, this act of discernment of how much is a reasonable amount of work for me to expect of myself really requires us to hear the voice in our head that's always there that says, just a little more, (laughs) just do a little more, do a few more emails or do a little bit more around the shop or clean up one more thing and to be able to say, nope, not this time, right? To feel the pains of guilt as we wonder if we're doing enough and then say, well, this has to be enough because to give more is to jeopardize our plan or our good intentions all together. So I'm going to pause right now, (laughs) take a deep breath, because ideally this anger that that you feel boil up in me, anger is a place where I pitch a tent, right? It's a place where I stop and I notice what's going on, but I don't want to set up shop there for the long haul. That's not where I build my house. Here's the thing. Here's what I'm trying to say. There will always be need, a need more vast than we can fix entirely in a lifetime. It doesn't mean that we can't have a significant impact, though. And if we want to help and meet as much need as we possibly can, we must include your needs on the list of needs being met. Now, why do I bring this up now? I'm talking about this because this month we're doing a four-part process here on Messy Magnificent to lay the type of sturdy foundation together that is uniquely customized to meet your unique goals and champion the desires you have for your career, health, and relationships as we enter a new year or a new season. And this is episode three out of four. So maybe you caught back on episode 113 where we plugged a few common time and energy drains that suck our mojo so that you've got the bolstered energy and time to live into your next steps. And then on the last episode, 114, we began to clarify your own unique self-referenced goals, making sure that what you're cooking up is actually what you personally value because it gives you life and zest and passion. And today, well, today, we're going to get you resourced. Before we start mapping out the specific action steps that are going to serve your goals in the next episode, because 15 years of coaching has taught me that 
if we aren't resourced, then any goal is really hard, if not downright impossible. And who doesn't want a few extra resources to bolster their next move right about now, right? So if this whole idea of being fully resourced speaks to you in a deep way, just know that we have an episode we did almost two years ago now. Episode 41 is your work mojo down. Four types of nourishment for the soul of your career. And you can always go back and listen to that again. If you need an extra dose of nourishment, even after this episode, you'll find it wherever you get this podcast. I'll put a link to it right here in the show notes, wherever you're listening to. But if you have wanted to be deeply supported and know that you don't have to do all the heavy lifting in order to make what you want to experience next happen, this is the episode for you. Because I don't know about you, but I would love to be a guest on Queer Eye, but not because we're exhausted, (laughs) because we would enjoy it. So here's what we're going to cover today. Three main things. First, number one, I'm going to go over a brief explanation of the four C19Ls that I see high achieving women struggling with in this very moment. These are four indicators that you might be ready to have a few more resources, that it's time to refill your tank. Number two, we're going to talk about the one type of leader I don't trust. And I want you to keep an eye out for that part. And then number three, we're going to go over five specific ways to have more resources right now in this moment. And they're rather unusual. Most of them cost no money and take no significant investment and yet have huge ROI. This episode is brought to you by the Boundary Academy. 15 years of coaching thousands of women has taught me that it doesn't matter how good our plans, our intentions are, our network, or even our access to external resources. If we don't have the boundaries we need to honor what we care about, we will always struggle with a lack of time or energy or money or downright satisfaction. You see, women who have thriving, healthy careers and relationships know that boundaries aren't just something nice you get to later. They're something you practice gently now so that you have the later that you want. So you can get free access to the recording of the Boundaries Brunch we did right before the Boundary Academy opened. There's a link to it in the show notes wherever you're listening or head on over to carlyfane.com. And in this 45-minute class, you're going to learn the three mindsets that women with healthy boundaries already know and live into, plus lots of rich, candid conversation with thought leaders in the field of boundaries and women who are just getting started. There's nothing for sale in there. Just rich content you're not going to get anywhere else. Because that hunch you're meant to be doing something meaningful and enjoyable with your life and career, it's right. I hope you'll join me and women from around the world that are making having boundaries oh so doable. All right, let's talk about those four uphill L's. L is in the letter L, like love. These are four practices that I have seen exacerbated by nearly two years of pandemic life for a lot of the high achievers that I get to interact with. And so I just want you to keep an ear out as I go through these four L's and just noticing if you've seen them crop up for yourself or for anybody else, ideally without judgment, right? We're not here to kick ourselves while we're down. We're here to just notice what's true so that we can make sure 
that you're getting the resources you need. So in no particular order, four of the responses of folks who have been high achievers or in leadership positions or trying to get things up and off the ground during COVID look like this. The first is laboring, as in really working extra hard, as if then things have just become laborious. Now, I want to call myself out on this one because when COVID first started, prior to that, I had very structured work hours. I took, you know, all the afternoons and evenings off. I was very concrete in the way my daily schedule was. When COVID started, I went through a lot of life changes all at once, and it caused me to alter my work schedule. And for the first time in many years, it felt really good to put in a couple extra hours of work at night, A, to meet the growing demand of my client base, but also because it actually gave me something to focus on. It was a respite from the suffering I was seeing in the world. It made me know that I was contributing in a positive way. It actually felt really good. So for a period of time, putting in those extra hours was me meeting a need that was there externally, so being of service to other people, but also meeting a need internally. However, in the last couple of months after nearly two years of this, that no longer serves me. That level of laboring has actually become unproductive. It's causing me to not feel as sharp and fresh the next day. So the first one we want to keep an eye out for is the laboring. Am I somehow working even harder than before in ways that I don't have to? And that part is notable, right? There are ways where a lot of women or other people, especially those who are black and brown, are being expected to do more work even than normal. We want to look for the ways we might be causing ourselves more labor than we absolutely have to. And that could be as simple as, hey, rather than going grocery shopping twice a week, getting organized and making a shopping list and going once, right? So the ways that we do have control over, we want to notice those. The second uphill L that we're seeing often is a sense of loneliness. I don't need to explain this one too much. Of course, the pandemic is causing isolation. It's also causing a lot of grief and challenging emotions for a lot of us. And so there can be a sense of being alone in all that. And there can be a sense of just wanting to retreat and to hide. And it's really important that we begin to discern the difference between, do I need to lay low here and go into my own cocoon and just regroup, which is really important and great, or am I isolating myself even more than I need to? So just beginning to notice, right? And I want to point something out here, which is true for all four of these uphill L's, that there is nothing wrong with any of them. Not a single thing is wrong with doing any of these things consciously. Right When we're doing these things consciously because we need a moment to ourselves to be alone, excellent. When we're accidentally causing ourselves more loneliness than we mean to, and it's not working for us, well, then that's something different, right? Let's talk about that third uphill L, and this is being loose. (laughs) We've gotten a little loosey-goosey, some of us, meaning that having to pivot a lot, work on the fly, it's been disrupting to a lot of people's systems, to the structure, to our sense of normalcy, because things aren't the way they used to be necessarily for many of us. And so a lot of us have made exceptions to policies or systems that once made a lot of sense because we needed to in the moment, but now things are a little bit too loose. We see this a lot for folks who are in the position of working from home right now, in that our working hours have gotten really loose. Maybe even the way we dress has gotten really loose and it's not feeling good. Or I should say, if it's not feeling good, then it's not working for us. We also see this for people who work for other people, meaning that maybe because of staff shortages or other challenges, 
the amount of rest time you used to get is no longer there, that things are now kind of more fluid. And if that's not working for you, we want to be aware of that, right? Is there something that's a little looser than it actually feels good? We think of looseness as in spaciousness as a really great thing, and it can be. But if things are a little bit too loose and you're actually craving structure and stability, that's worth noticing right now and beginning to consider how we might bring more of that in. And then finally, the fourth uphill L is languishing. Now, Adam Grant wrote a great article on this in the New York Times, and I'll put a link to that right here in the show notes. But he defined languishing as, quote, a sense of stagnation and emptiness. It feels as though you're muddling through your days, looking at your life through a foggy windshield. And it might be the dominant emotion of 2021, end quote. I think we're still walking that languishing bridge, right, into the new year. Snapping out of languishing is not an easy thing. So it's real, right? It's something that is the result of navigating some really difficult things. And we just want to be aware, right, if it's present for you in a significant way. And sometimes just having language for things like languishing, while that in and of itself doesn't change anything, it does give a sense of normalization that these are all of these four L's. The laboring, the loneliness, the looseness, and the languishing are so common that I can document them and bring them to you. And these are common across the board, but specifically for high achieving leaders, whether you're the leader in your household, of your company, of a project you're doing at somebody else's company, in your social circle, in your place of worship, any of that. These are things that we are watching people who have had to be the sturdy one for everyone else really brush up against right now. And if you're experiencing any of these, they are a powerful invitation to have a few more resources in your corner. Moving through these by ourselves can be tricky business. And so I want you to have a bolstered way of being able to navigate through these if and when it speaks to you. So remember... I told you early on in this episode that I was going to share the one type of leader that I don't trust so much. (laughs) Here it is. Ready? It's the types of leaders that perpetuate the myth of being self-made. I remember being part of a large entourage for an A-list celebrity, and each night when they went out on stage, they would talk about how they were self-made with a lot of pride. And I'd be standing on the side of that stage, one of a dozen people, that got this particular celebrity through each and every day. (laughs) I was one of probably 25 people in their main management team. And I was one of more than 100 employees who set up those stages, who put the lights and the sound equipment together, who drove the buses and the big rig trailers. There would be eight trailers for every tour we did alone, right? And I would be on the back of the stage thinking, self-made? Hold on a second here. None of us are self-made. We all require resources to get where we are or to any level of success. And we're going to talk about what some of those resources are here in a moment. But here's why I don't trust the folks that perpetuate the self-made myth. They might be lovely, wonderful people with the best of intentions, but they are also lacking the self-awareness required to lead without harm. When we talk about being self-made, we are suggesting That if anyone just works hard enough like we did, that it will be enough. And this exacerbates our cultural drive towards toxic productivity, 
meaning the type of overworking that causes harm to self or to others. And it sets up a dangerous belief system where the folks who have socially accepted success are considered more deserving than the folks who don't have it. And yeah, it does take hard work to reach some peaks, but it also takes support. Ideally, we have both. And we know that because we all know people that work super hard, but barely make ends meet. And we all know folks that don't work that hard and they have all sorts of creature comforts. And that's because someone or some system was supporting them, right? So I just wanted to spell this myth that any of us are self-made. We all need resources and support. Sometimes those resources look like education, right? Or having a good mentor or a small loan from a loved one in order to get a business up and running. Sometimes those resources look like just having a safe home to sleep in or meals that we can count on or a friend that babysits for you or the mail person that brings your posts so that you can get the checks that you've earned for your work. Sometimes the resources that allow us to move forward are simply the air we're breathing when we're sitting at our desks or you're standing behind your counter or you're on the factory floor. And the earth gives us so many resources, that food, that oxygen, the water that we need to get through every single day. So I'm going to go through five specific types of resources that are available to you. And I want you to consider which of these sounds particularly nourishing to you right now. Which one of these makes you go, ooh, yes, 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 there, that one, (laughs) yes, please. I'd like a little bit more of that on my plate. They're in no particular order, no need to memorize them all. Just notice which one makes you perk up a little bit. So resource number one, education. And what I mean when I say education is actually to ask A rather simple question, the question that might sound like, is there something I'm going in circles with or not starting or completing because I just don't know how? Like, nobody's explained how I should do this one. So maybe I just need someone who can show me how to do this. Maybe it's a teacher. Maybe it's a mentor. Maybe there's a video or a book you could watch or read. So this could look like something as simple as, Oh my gosh, every day when I open my email inbox, it takes forever to load. I end up sitting there wasting 15 minutes waiting for this to load. I've tried to fix it three or four times. I just don't know how. And I'm wasting 15 minutes every day, right? Which is an hour and 15 minutes every week, which accumulates to many hours over the course of a year. And so it's, who do I know? That's like a computer whiz that could fix this. Or who could I reach out to who might know somebody who could do that? So is there something that I'm going in circles with or starting but not completing because I just don't know how? And if so, what education or information do I need in order to level up here? So resource number one, education or information. Resource number two, food nourishment. If it is cold and dark where you live right now, do you need warm, cozy foods? that aren't too heavy, (laughs) things like soups or extra mugs of tea, would that bolster you in this moment? Would that support your body? Or if you live someplace where it's hot and humid this time of year, do you need fresh alive food that gives you energy, right? Does living off French fries actually just make you tired? So one of the resources we have access to for those of us who are fortunate enough is the food that we eat. 
It's what we actually physically take into our body. And so the question here becomes, what food would act as a resource to me right now? Right? What meal decision or snack decision would serve me now? Resource number three, encouragement. Maybe the vast amount of change that we've all been experiencing over the past couple of years and all the pivoting you might have had to do to do things differently than you once did has taken a small toll, right? Or maybe you're just weary and wondering how you're supposed to continue to support and sustain this phase. So here we want to know what renews my sense of capability, meaning If you're fortunate enough to have a loved one that believes in you, that would bolster you with some honest encouragement, maybe it's time to reach out to them, right? Or to a coworker who always helps you see the best of your strengths or to go online and take a free strengths assessment. ViaStrengths.org has a great one. We'll put a link to that here in the show notes. It's totally free. Or are there movies or music or videos that remind you of other people who have done great things, where it's an empowering message and you feel extra strong when you listen to that. So encouragement is an incredibly important resource that we all need from time to time. And if that one's speaking to you, if you have been feeling a lack of confidence lately, this one could be a really important resource to tap into. And then number four, I mentioned this one earlier, but I want to be explicit in laying it out. The earth. Our Earth is a tremendous and the grandest resource that we all have available to us. And you might know that you're actually craving a little time reconnecting to nature if you're feeling particularly scattered or if you're feeling tired and wired, meaning you're exhausted, but your brain never quite calms down or you're feeling frantic or you're feeling scared. These are all invitations to visit the land. And when I say that, I mean, if you live in an urban area where there's not a lot of greenery, this might just mean sitting on your front stoop, breathing in the air for a couple minutes or finding that little wedge of grass, you know, between the pavement on the road and the concrete of the sidewalk and standing on that. You know, when I used to tour the big tour buses, they can go about 15 hours before they need to refuel, which was often what we did. So we would be on a moving bus for 15 hours. We'd stop for 30 minutes at a gas station to get gas, to get food, and then continue on for another 15. And the first thing I would do was throw the doors to that bus open and find any little wedge of grass, kick my shoes off and stand on that grass. And I'm sure I looked wacky. In fact, I know I did. <laughs> my colleagues would, would comment on it. It was like the Carly move to do, but it was what I needed. I needed to feel my feet on something strong and sturdy. And so I invite you to do the same thing too, right? To recommune with what it is outside that helps you feel present in the moment and to be right where you are, whether that's to go stand beneath a tree that you really admire, whether that's to just appreciate a leaf on the ground, just to reconnect the land that is our main resource and to recognize how much abundance it is offering us on a daily basis. And then finally, resource number five, assistance. Assistance, as in help, right? So do you just need someone to do some of the work on your plate? Could that be particularly helpful right now? So this could look like hiring someone to do something for you. And I want to point out something interesting here. A lot of career or professional women think that when it's time to hire more help, they need to hire help around the office. And that's one thing to do. 
But I also want to point out something else here. It can go a really long way to hire someone to do things for you at home when you've got a lot going on in the office. So this could be, you know, hiring somebody to help you clean your house for two hours once a month or a half day if you can swing that. Or maybe this is a more informal hiring. Maybe you use a grocery delivery system if you can swing that. Or you use an app like Thumbtack, which I recently found. I'll put a link to that. And I'm really enjoying to hire someone to organize your closet, right? Or your kitchen so that things are a little bit easier to find. A Thumbtack has all sorts of great folks you can hire for all sorts of random one-off projects. Or maybe you've got a friend who you could ask to make dinner one night this month, or you could each make double of your dinner and swap that so that you make lasagna, they make soup, and then you each give each other half. And so that's one less meal that you need to cook this week or when you've got something big on your plate. So when we look at these five resources, the resources of education, of food, of encouragement, of earth, and ovens, of assistance, right, of help, does one of them spark an idea within you? Is there some that perhaps you're already doing and it's working great and you might turn the flame up on a little bit more so that you've got the extra energy and mojo to live into the plans we begin to articulate in the next episode? Or is there one where you're thinking, gosh, I haven't done that in a while. I haven't been outside in nature for a while. Or I haven't thought of my food as a professional resource before. When it really is, maybe when I see it that way, I might be able to have a snack or a glass of water when I'm at work. When I don't see it as in competition with my work, but rather the thing that bolsters it, might I schedule eating breaks the way I would schedule any other appointment? I want you to tell me. Maybe somewhere between my salty start at the top of this episode, through those four L's of uphill challenge that a lot of high achievers are experiencing when it's time to upgrade their resource. Maybe it's that self-made myth that I am certainly ready to see us let go of, or these five resources that we've just covered. What's speaking to you? I want to know. Take that over to iTunes. Leave me a review. Tell me what's important to you so I can continue to bring that as resources into upcoming episodes. Or if you ever hear me bring up a topic or subject that interests you, but you feel like you could use a little more support around it, tell me that on iTunes too. That's great for me to know so that I can keep creating content that acts as an additional resource for you. And no, you can always just send a voice memo from your phone to Anitza, A-N-I-T-Z-A at everybodythrive.com. And we could put your actual voice with questions or thoughts into an upcoming episode. Either way, I would love to give you a shout out and continue this conversation. Remember, you thrive through nourishment, not punishment. Keep taking care of what you value, making sure that you have a simple but steady practice of tapping into the resources that bolster you. And I'll see you again next week as we set some doable goals for this new season together. Thank you for listening to the Messy and Magnificent podcast and being part of this dynamic, life-giving community of women. I consider each episode part of a lifelong conversation of you and me hanging out, sipping tea together, making sure that all women become richer, more nourished, and able to keep on rising. 
So I'll see you on the next episode next week. But in the meantime, don't forget to head over to carlyfane.com forward slash podcast to get the full show notes. And I've also got some extra special free resources for driven women over there that you won't find anywhere else.